This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. Get in line now to talk to our pharmacist, Billy Chung from the Ontario Pharmacists Association until the top of the hour, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Any of your pharmaceutical or medical questions, Billy is here to tackle them. Uh, Specifically, we'll get off on talking about, uh, at the beginning here, over-the-counter medications, which I guess is what most people come to you for, uh, other than getting their prescriptions filled, but if they come in with a sore throat or gastrointestinal problems, uh, they, uh, they come to the pharmacist, right? Yeah. It's, um, you know, we in the pharmacy, especially in Canada, there's certain medications that you have to get on prescription, and we've got a bunch of medications that you can only find in the pharmacy. And so uh, as a pharmacist, you become a, uh, a triage. You're, you're Basically, you're doing a lot of screening. You're, you're, you're talking to people when they come in to see if their condition can be treated with over-the-counter or if you need to send them off to a doctor to say, you know what, there's something deeper that needs to be looked at here uh, or not. So yeah, you know what, as a pharmacist, you you see it every day, people coming in, asking questions, and I'll tell you, sometimes you leave the uh, pharmacy counter, you go out, and then you may not be able to make it back in for a while because people are out there and they're grabbing you and they're asking for questions, which is great because that's the reason why the, those medications are out there. And well, they are medications. And I'm wondering too from, uh, if you're listening and you, you, you have a pharmacist you enjoy visiting or and that you trust, uh, I often find that you folks are out in the aisles and sometimes will approach me as a consumer and say, yes. is there anything I can help you with? Yeah, like we, we, we try not to, as long as we're able to get out there, yes. we try to make sure that uh, if you're looking for something, you're, you're getting the best information possible um, because we have medications there specifically in the pharmacy to make sure that they're safe because they are drugs. They have side effects. They have um, drug interactions. They have disease interactions, right? So um, while there's fine print on the box and the label, I'll tell you, not everybody reads the box and the label. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just good to get that additional advice and uh, and look in terms of what, what's going on. So what kinds of health conditions would people come to you for, uh, for medications that you can sell them right there? So uh, I, I kind of... I'll categorize some things in terms of what you'll find in the, commonly in the pharmacy. So most pharmacies, you'll have a section with pain medications. So that's your Tylenol and your Motrin's and all that stuff. You'll have a section for cough, cold, and flu, uh, allergies, uh, stomach Okay, so usually there's stomach issues, things like that. Those would be kind of the big over-the-counter categories. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that's also behind the counter you don't need a prescription for, but you actually have to ask, or it may be something that the pharmacist may recommend. So you actually don't see it. It's not promoted or advertised the same way. That's like a stronger version of Tylenol you get. You can um, get behind the counter, right? Well, there is one that contains codeine. Yes, right. Yes. And so that one needs to be behind the counter. So that's a Schedule two. It means that it needs to be in a pharmacy, but also not on self 
selection out in the uh, main aisles. Right. right so there. you will you will offer your advice about it because it's a stronger medication, but it's not something you need to go get your a script exactly. for, from your doctor yeah. for. It just requires a little bit extra uh, due diligence in terms of making sure that it's the right thing for that person to take because there's just maybe a little bit of a higher risk uh, with it. Uh, and there's, they're there for different reasons, right? So the stuff that's Self-selection, you know what? Some people know what they're taking. They've already had it before. It works fine. No issues. They can grab it themselves. If they're looking for some help, then we can help them kind of identify, uh, make sure there's no issues related. And I'll use examples, right? Like we have um, cough, uh, cough and cold medications contain different ingredients. One of the ingredients is a decongestant. Okay, And that decongestant um, can cause side effects. It can have an effect on people with diabetes. It could affect their blood sugars. If people have high blood pressure, it can affect their high blood pressure. If you have glaucoma, which is the pressure you have in your eyes, same thing. That that medication can affect that. And you can find that in everything out there. You can find that uh, decongestant in anything that says stuffy nose. You can find it in your the neocitrin drinks that people will do in the hot liquids, right? You'll find it in all that stuff. And so you want to make sure that if somebody's doing it, we can kind of say, okay, will it work for you? Is it the best thing? Are there alternatives? Is there something else we can give you instead? Or maybe it's only for like a couple of days and maybe it's fine. So basically, if you're on some sort of prescribed medication and you're going in to choose something yep. to to help you with some short-term symptoms, you need to have that conversation with your pharmacist. I highly recommend it. Yeah. You want to check, especially if you're on multiple medications. If you have any kind of diseases, conditions and things like that, that uh, could possibly interact, you want to just ask the question. I mean, the pharmacist is there. They're, right. they're available for you to do uh, to ask those questions. And these for. these products you're paying money for anyway. They're mm-hmm. not covered by insurance. They're not covered um, if you're over 65. That's right. You're actually purchasing them, so you want to make sure that they work with what you're already taking. Exactly. 416-360-0740. Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Pharmacist Billy Chung here with me until 1 o'clock. Our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Your calls are welcome. Let's go to bed. Bev in Hamilton. Hi, Bev. Go ahead. Uh, hi. Um, I have a problem with pres- prescription drugs, mainly. Um, I'm very lactose intolerant, and I take heart medication plus other stuff, and it all has lactose. And you don't know it has lactose until you look it up. And... Um, I just find it a shame that, like, I just got a prescription for Imodium, and it has lactose in it, which is rather ridiculous. Um, And I can go, if I go to a health food store, I buy uh, vitamins or whatever. It tells you if it has lactose. And I think it's a shame that the um, pharmaceutical companies don't have to do that. Okay, well, there's a, a couple of issues there, Billy. Yeah, I'll address a few things. One of them is uh, just re- with respect to lactose in drugs in general. So lactose is what we call an excipient or a filler. Okay, so uh, in all medications, what happens is that there's an active ingredient. If you think about a tablet, the powder is the active ingredient, but the amount of active ingredient would not fill up an entire shape of a tablet. So uh, what happens is that the pharmaceutical companies need to make the shape of a tablet, so it's easier for you to swallow and things like that. And so they use different types of fillers, and one of those would be lactose. So, um, you know, Bev is correct. A number of medications may have that as part of the filler. Now, 
Is it on the label? So on prescription medications, there's uh, it w- you wouldn't find it on the label because on prescription it has all the other details that's printed out by the pharmacy, your name, directions, doctor, all that stuff. But you can speak to the pharmacist about the actual content ingredient about a medication. So, Bev, if you are sensitive to lactose, then whenever you're getting a prescription, before you even get it filled, you need to make sure. So typically, hopefully, you're going to the same pharmacist and the same pharmacy. They may already have it in the computer system to indicate that you're lactose intolerant. But speak to the pharmacist and say, hey, I'm lactose intolerant. Can you just do a double check on what the um, makeup of this medication is? And they can check that out for you. It may not actually be readily available, so they may actually have to make a call or do some research around it, but they can find out. So that's the first thing. That's to address the prescription side. Um, In terms of like pharma companies and the actual labels on over-the-counter medications, um, I think it's getting better. You'll see it's in very small print. I can't read it anymore without glasses. You do need to kind of use that magnifying glass and take a look at it. Um, but some of them are listing the other ingredients now. I don't believe there's an actual specific requirement because there is. I, I think that over the time they may change. They may do different things and stuff like that. But again, that's what the pharmacy is there for. It's, if, it's, if you have the question, then bring the box right up to the pharmacy counter. Ask the pharmacist and they should be able to find out for you what those other ingredients are to, to avoid those types of things. So happening. in Bev's case, and she's still on the line with us here, here, um, might there be a scenario where you have to take a, a lactate or something like that prior to taking the medication? There is that if there is no alternative, right? Um, but hopefully, typically, depending on the medication and things like that, we'd be able to find one that doesn't have the lactose. Well, lactate does work, too. Yes. Of course it does. Yes. If I had to take um, a, the lactate before each medication thing I took that had lactose. Mm-hmm. I'd be taking a lot of lactate exactly. and they're expensive. Exactly. So and that's, the government doesn't cover those. That's true. That's true. Nope. Nope. They don't cover it. So that's the reason no. why we would want to find an alternative. Something that's different for you. So that would be I the key there. I did go to my pharmacist um, a couple of times mm-hmm. and all I was told is that you can't buy anything that doesn't, prescription that doesn't have lactose. Mm, I, I, it probably requires a little bit more digging, but I would be I would be surprised that there every single I don't believe every single medication has the uh, the lactose in there. It really depends on that pharmaceutical company makeup, right? Because they don't have to use it. Thanks for your call, Bev. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We're talking about over the counter medications with our pharmacist Billy Chung. But any of your questions, uh, medicinal uh, or uh, medical or pharmaceutical, are welcome here until one o'clock. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty or one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Let's talk about. Um, reading the directions and of the very real concern of an overdose, of of getting too much of medication. I'm thinking, you know, when you have a sore throat and you end up taking Tylenol every four hours, can you overdo it? Can you take too much? You can. And, uh, you know, the the makers of Tylenol, McNeil, actually a, a few years ago actually changed their dosing recommendations for acetaminophen, which is the active ingredient, um, to minimize the risk for overdose in terms of just people taking too much of it. So they actually lowered the maximum dose in order to do that. So a couple of things to keep in mind. So, um, for example, children, 
if you're giving medication to children, um, there is usually on the side of the box an indication of how much the regular dose is, but also a weight-based right? So there's actually a calculation. Again, if you talk to the pharmacist, they can help you with that calculation if you want, or otherwise you can kind of run the numbers and say, okay, this is how much the child weighs. This is how much you take. Um, the risk for overdose is also very real for taking multiple over-the-counter medications. So example being, let's say you took something for a headache and you took some acetaminophen, right? And you took uh, two extra strength acetaminophen. Let's say you also happen to have a cold, and then you know a couple hours later you feel like taking a neocitrin drink and pouring that into some the powder into some boiling water and drinking that. Well, depending on which neocitrin you're taking, that could also contain neocitrin. Uh, I need a minute. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, you've now increased your dosage of how much you're taking, and that's where that overdose comes in, right? And again, they're over the counter. You don't need a prescription, but there's very real side effects. There's uh, potential for liver damage if you're taking too much acetaminophen, right? So it's um, it's something to be very cautious about whenever you're taking over the counter medications. There's so many products on the shelf. <laughs> you mentioned about weight for children and babies. Oh, what about for adults? I mean, the same dosage for a, a small, slim woman, would that apply to a, a man who is 100 pounds heavier, let's say? So typically, once you're over the age of 12, although we kind of have variations on adolescence, right? But once you're over the age of 12, um, there is, there's not, for the majority of the medication, that specific type of required dosage, okay? Um, and primarily because really at the end of the day, the, by that time, it, the, you're at a dose that it should be therapeutically effective in terms of what's recommended. So it's very similar. Now, that being said, again, um, let's just say somebody who's smaller or uh, in the case of a senior where their kidneys or liver may be working a little bit differently in terms of how it breaks down or flushes a drug through, there may be a situation where they may need to take less of a dose. So I know I would recommend in a lot of cases is that sometimes they'll say, oh, take two tablets, you know, every four to six hours or whatever. I may just indicate, you know what, try one first. Because I think the best thing to consider is that you want to take the least amount of drug to get the benefit from it. So if you don't need to have two, and if one works for you, then that works as well. So you may, when you're speaking to the pharmacist, um, find out that there may be an opportunity there that you don't have to take the exact recommended dose on the bottle as well. You may have a question for Billy Chung about a medication you're taking. Uh, You may be concerned it's not working as well as you would have hoped and not treating the symptoms uh, that that your doctor has prescribed it for. And maybe Billy can point you in the right direction. Or or over-the-counter medications, um, what you can combine with other drugs. The list of questions, I'm sure, is endless if you do take over-the-counter drugs and if you do take prescription medications as well. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. And I'm here today with our trusted contributor at the from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, Billy Chung. We're taking your calls today about over-the-counter medications uh, and combining them. In a lot of cases, I know for you, if you're taking a prescription medication, you may be concerned about the side effects of taking over-the-counter drugs on top. So, uh, and there are so many of them, Billy. Um, you know, when we talk about pain relief, we yeah. were we were speaking about acetaminophen, but there are many of them. Yeah, there's different options. 
options now, right? So at one point in time, it used to be just that acetaminophen as an option, but you've got uh, aspirin, you've got ibuprofen, um, which is an anti-inflammatory, similar to aspirin, is like a distant cousin. And then more recently, and I say recent as in a few years now, we also have naproxen, which used to be on prescription, and now it's not on prescription. So you, a lot of different options for people in terms of just treating pain that's out there. Um, and, you know, what's right for you really depends on what's worked and what's not worked. And also, again, back to the drug interactions is that if you're taking anything that interacts with the um, uh, ibuprofen or the naproxen, then that might be concerned that maybe the pharmacist will steer you towards back to the acetaminophen. Right. right. So, so if, say, you're on a heart drug or a cholesterol drug um, and yet you want to treat pain. Yeah. It, it would depend, right? So mm-hmm. in other words, like if you're on high blood, pre- pre- sorry, high blood pressure medication, well, these anti-inflammatories, some of these ones like the ibuprofen and the naproxen, could cause your body to retain some additional fluids, which then could actually raise your blood pressure, okay? Now, is it a significant interaction? It really depends on the person. And that's where that pharmacist comes into play because your pharmacist will find out a little bit more about your background, your blood pressure, and how significant or severe it is. Is it under control? If your blood pressure is not under control, then that pharmacist may say, you know what, might hold off on this one because it may have that effect where it will still have a negative effect on your blood pressure. Um, another uh, example in terms of heart medication, like some people will take blood thinners, right? So there's a, a warfarin as a blood thinner out mm-hmm. there. And uh, that has an interaction as well with a lot of over-the-counter medications, right? So um, again, your what, you know, aspirin is also a blood thinner, right? So, and if it's contained in certain medications that are out there, you can have that interaction. So you do want to find that out. You do, you do need to have that discussion. And sure. can it go the other way as well? Can you talk to your doctor or your pharmacist about getting off something like a warfarin and, and having an alternative for that so that you can... Uh, safely take the over-the-counters? Yeah, you know what? It's um, It depends on why you're on certain things, right? So uh, most people that are on a blood thinner, they have to be on one. Now mm-hmm. there's a little bit more options these days for them, aside from just warfarin. Um, but warfarin may be the best for you. And for the short-term issues sometimes, especially for over-the-counter, usually treated for a few days, um, some people maybe will just tolerate it because you don't really want to change your prescription medication just for something short term right. necessarily, especially if you're stabilized. Right. Let's get back to the phones. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-744-740. Erica in Newmarket, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes. Um, I wondered how many grams of fat do you need to take to absorb vitamin D and vitamin K? That's a fantastic question. I don't necessarily have a direct answer for that. Uh, I'm not even sure if there's exactly studies to say that, right? So what we're talking about here is fat-soluble vitamins and non. And when you have uh, fat-soluble vitamins, it, it, it's just better for in terms of absorption if it, it's in a certain uh, environment that allows for that to happen, right? I don't know if there's actually a, um, a data. It's probably something that we can kind of get back to you or talk to your pharmacist about that, but um, because absorption of fat um, uh, in your system and how, how much, I really, if my gut were to say it, I'm not sure if you have a natural diet, I'm not sure it's a big, that, that's a big factor necessarily. Yeah, why do you ask, Erica? What do you, what's your concern? Well, because I'm, I try to you know, keep my calorie count down, and um, when I'm taking my vitamin D especially, and vitamin K too yeah. actually, um, I'm always... I think I'm taking too much fat to make sure that it absorbs, and I don't want to have to take any more than I ha- than I need. Have you have you gotten blood tests to say that you're low in vitamin D or low in vitamin no, K? No, it's just that you know they say that you should take a certain amount of vitamin D because we don't yeah. maybe get enough sunshine. Yeah, and definitely I also for take Canadians. Vitamin K too. 
Yeah. So what, I want to make sure I get enough fat, but I don't want to overdo it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that, that you'd find a lot of pharmacists or physicians who'd recommend, like, you know, specifically getting extra fat intake just to get your vitamins in. Oh, so, okay. So unless you're specifically not, your diet's not very good, not balanced, I'd say if you're eating a balanced diet, then um, those vitamins that you're supplementing with should be absorbed normally. And so unless you're getting a um, uh, blood test that's showing you that you're low in something specific and you've already been taking it and it's not being absorbed, that I wouldn't really be too concerned about trying to get extra calories in just to get the vitamin into your system. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks okay. for calling, Erica. Do you get a lot of questions about vitamins? Uh, because, I mean, it is, it, it's sort of an inexact science, isn't it? It's, uh, it, it's tough, right? Because there's, the, the, there's a lot of science around it in terms of what things are for, what works. Like definitely, you know, vitamin D, Canadians sunlight, we don't get enough of it, right? So, and how much are we supposed to take? I mean, it seems the studies <laughs> that come out every few months uh, recommend different amounts. Different amounts. You're going you're gonna to see some, uh, some people recommending 400 IUs. Some people might recommend more than that. But I'd say most people are basically taking that 400 international units might be fine for them, okay? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Like, when you look at all these vitamins and minerals, you, you've got some pharmacists who actually have some expertise and specialties in that area. They have extra training around it and have a better understanding to that, uh, a greater depth. Um, otherwise, some pharmacists will be able to access resources that they have to look up, whether it's a drug interaction to a vitamin or a mineral or whether it is specific around just do you need to do anything different. Um, but, yeah, we get more and more questions around some of those types of things uh, in the pharmacy these days. 416-360-0740, Jerry in Mississauga, go ahead. You're next. Hi. I want to know, I uh, have a chronic back problem. When I was 16, um, I injured my back uh, getting up from the floor and I ruptured three vertebrae. And I've gone through, uh, over the years, I've gone through the whole family of Naperson and uh, I'm now uh, taking Percodet. But I have a metabolism problem that anything I take orally, my body burns up as fat, as, as energy. I Right now, I'm taking anywhere from three to four uh, Percocet at a time just to get some relief from the pain when the pain is bad. And if I'm lucky, I get maybe half of one capsule into my system. The rest just gets burned up. Mm-hmm. Is there something that is fast-acting? Because unless I take it by injection and get it right into the bloodstream, it gets burnt up. It gets burnt up as energy. Yeah, you know what? It's um, what you're bringing up is a very complex situation here because it's the 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 whole consideration of how best to treat chronic pain um, is up for a lot of debate. Okay, so Jerry, a couple things. I probably asked first of all, how long have you had the Percocet for? Have been taking it for? Well, about three, four years now. Yeah, three or four years. I only, right? I only, I only take it when the when my back pain is. Uh, so excruciating that I can't handle it anymore, and then I then I go to then I go to my pills. Yeah. Otherwise, I just ignore it. Okay, so it's I not ongoing for three or four ignore years. It. Okay, all right, so that's good but, because what one of the things I, I am ta- but when I am taking the pills, I've got to quickly overdose myself. Yeah. In order to get what the doctor wants me to take in the beginning. Yeah. So oh, because your body gets used pill, to it. I'm taking four to get the value of one. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there is actually some science around um, your body metabolizing uh, some of these pain medications a little bit more. Like, So different people's bodies break dr- drugs down a little bit differently, right? So um, mm-hmm. in your case there, obviously, you're, you're not 
your body's really breaking it down much uh, greater than the average person. I would probably still be concerned around whether your body's kind of uh, used to the medication. In other words, it's not working as well anyways, right? And No, uh, it's, it, 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 no it's, it's because of that. It's the same thing with my weight. I don't gain weight no matter how much I eat because my body burns it up. Yeah. If I feel tired, I just go have a sandwich or something like that, and I draw my energy from the, from what I eat instead of sleeping. Should Jerry maybe talk to Should Jerry maybe talk to his doctor or pharmacist about changing medications if the Percocets don't work anymore? Yeah, because you know there's a lot of talk and, and, and research now looking at whether even Percocets are good for people with chronic pain as a, uh, as a solution because, again, the body just, different people break things down differently and also your body gets uh, used to it and it doesn't work. I've seen people who've been taking medication for years and what happens is they have to keep increasing their dosage over time because, right. you're, and that's just not good uh, for, for you in, the, in terms of these medications. You may actually need to maybe speak with a pain clinic and somebody who specializes well, they, in Jerry. They, they, They've done a test on me they've, where I've taken, I've taken five Percocet at one time yeah. in the doctor's office. Yeah. And they waited two hours and, and then drew blood. Yeah. And when they, sent, when they tested the blood, there was no sign of the Percocet in my system after two hours. And I took five of them right in front of the doctor. And after two hours, there was no sign of it in my system. So my did they have recommendations for you? No. They didn't? No. No. Yeah. And they said the next thing after that is is, is uh, morphine. Yeah, and I I don't know if you want to go to more and more of that type of stuff. So I definitely say just keep following up. I, I think you got to keep at it in terms of talking to your pharmacist, your doctor, seeing what other options there are. Um, I I hesitate to say this, but I'll just throw it out at you because I have been studying this as well. But there is also medicinal cannabis, which doesn't give you the high. You're looking for the CBD dosage. Um, but if the if your the regular traditional medications don't work, that may be an avenue because it is available in Canada. You need to talk to some doctors around it and and find a doctor that maybe has an understanding of it. There's some pharmacists as well. That may be another thing to consider. Okay, that's where we will leave it today. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, no problem. Always enjoy this. Billy Chung from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.